0: Diverse voices. Unique sound.
1: Not the same old thing. Different, different.
0: This is Noco FM. We all want to live a life that is full of love, joy, and happiness. But what if we could make every day magnificent? On this episode of The Spark, I meet with author, consultant, and facilitator, Gabriella Masala. As she offers us a fast track to an embodied life of gratitude, creativity, presence, and joy. Join us as we speak to this amazing woman and joyful spirit as Gabriella shares with us the everyday principles and tools that will help to make our each and every day truly magnificent. Welcome to The Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James.
1: Oh, well, I will say that it's so good to see you.
0: You too. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and for sharing your message with us with all my listeners. And I just I've been so excited. I've been doing your everyday magnificent workbook. I am telling you, it has just been absolutely fabulous. So I'm really looking forward to talking to you about that and just getting to know you better.
1: Wonderful. Yay. So you've been playing with Everyday Magnificent.
0: I have. And so interesting. Part of what, what I absolutely love is I haven't ever done anything with mandalas before or mandalas. Right, And so that's been just so fun and so interesting, the things that have transpired. I do want to talk to you about that, but I do, I also just want to get to know you and talk about your history because you had a really unique history as a child. So you did, you had this really interesting childhood. You were very in touch with, it sounds like the divine already very aware of that at a young age. Can you talk about that a little bit and share sure. yeah sure. share that with us
1: Yes and it's my curiosity of really most children are that way but at a certain point begin to forget or or normalize to a a world where all of that is not really validated unless it's very specific in a you know religious format or encasement and so um, you know I think that in in like the bigger picture of the environment that I was in I just had a super loving Home. My parents were very loving. So love has always been my language. And um, even though there's the natural ups and downs and challenges of life, but I have always felt since about I was three years old when I have my first memory of looking up at the stars and just feeling complete awe and complete gratitude and and also a, a visceral sense of home and connection to the stars and mission of like, I was there and now I'm here and I have a very important mission and I agree to it. And having that really clear as a three-year-old has been always a, a sense of knowing and mission that has really been the driver of my life. And so from a very early age, probably about the age of nine or 10, even though I always had a sense of awe and love with life, Um, But about the age of nine or 10, I remember really feeling like, wow, there is a force of love that so has me, and it might be invisible to everyone else and had lots of experiences of seeing and feeling energies, um, incredibly empathic, as again, most of us are, and very compassionate. So from a very early age, I just felt I am held, we are all held in this field of unconditional love. And it is a power and a force that is hands down so much powerful than anything else. And that's got our backs. And I'm going to relax into that. So, you know, it seems in some ways, I don't know, however it sounds to you to hear that, but that's just been my anchor. And there for sure been times throughout my life that I've forgotten and times that I also uh, had veils. Over that sense of, you know, what we are shown as real in our dominant paradigm is just like a speck of uh, the potentialities and the realities that exist. So, yeah, I'll
0: pause there. Well, that it does really make sense to me and I very much do agree with I think we do have that window open to us. Mm-hmm. I am really aware of this and I and I also resonate, you know, with Don Miguel Ruiz as he talks about in the four agreements that we do we we become domesticated. Right. And so when I say, you know, most of us most of us don't remember a lot, maybe of those connections or experiences because they seem to get covered up, or they're not emphasized, or they're like, oh, don't pretend, and they're they're kind of discounted. So to have that nurtured, it sounds like, and to really be supported by a family of love and to keep that connection going, even though we all have veils in our lives, I think that that's really powerful.
1: Yeah. And while my parents were very loving, I think I've always been fringe, far out, like I am the weird one, you know? <laughs> And with that has come all kinds of sort of keeping for many years this place that is my nourishment, that is my source, that for I experience and believe it's all of our source. But I have kept it supporting me and pushing from behind rather than my front door because it's, you know, it's, it's a world where there's so many diverse ways. I love how Rumi says there's, you know, a hundred ways to kneel down and kiss the earth or infinite, you know, six, Billion, for all I know. Um, and so really honoring what lights everyone up and really honoring where people's belief systems are and yet finding that commonality of, like, where can we agree around this unified force that lives us and seems to have the frequency of supreme love? And I experience that as really the greatest power, you know, really the greatest power that can fuel us forward if we tap into it and let it live us.
0: That literally is my next question, because I know that you do that through your book, Everyday Magnificent, that we're going to be talking about. And I think that's the question that a lot of people have is, how do I tap into it? How do I tap into and really resource myself or reconnect with that sense of all, that total interconnection, the one, if you will?
1: Beautiful. Such, a, such a, a profound and important question for our times, right? When there's so much artificial intelligence and virtual worlds and realities. Um, and I would say that it's really twofold, whereas it's only one of us here, that perspective of interbeing that I love, that Thich Nhat Hanh has coined, that Philip Moore, who you've talked to, also really weaves into the rewiring of humanity. Um, there's the sense of really doing the deep inner work, whether that's through meditation, contemplative prayer, uh, really finding ways that take us into the experience of resting our attention on energy rather than on matter, right? Because there's so much in the invisible realms that usually is not even acknowledged, again, in the mainstream paradigm perspective. And so, so much of it for me really has to be an inward journey that is really intimate between you and the God source of your own heart and understanding. And then with that, also an outward journey, that's an outpouring to connecting to that in every single possible way in everyday life. So the natural world, hands down, one of the greatest teachers, I have a dear friend and sister who says that nature is the most holy scripture. And so, you know, being out on the earth in sky time, uh, in the wilderness, connecting to the amazing sacred patterning and vibrational wisdom that is constantly being modeled for us, I think is a very powerful way to be connected to source energy.
0: What is so interesting to me, Gabriella, is this experience of, it seems like there's this huge merging right now of spirituality and psychology and science mm-hmm. where they're actually mm-hmm. all interweaving and backing up each other Things that 10 years ago would have been considered, you know, oh, that's just new age thought or it's woo-woo. And instead, it's like, no, we're really able to tap into the fabric of our existence and this true interconnected, like, I love the phrase that you use. There's so many in there, right? Oh, unity coherence. coherence.
1: Yes. Yes. You know, I love Dr. Joe Dispenza is one of my mentors. Amazing being. And brother to all of us. And he always says, you know, it's a time in our planetary evolution to know how. It's not enough to know. We need to know how. So how do we live this into our everyday life? And then uh, that piece around connecting to the unified field, which is always everything all around us, always accessible. But if our attention is not there, then we won't experience it so there is a sense of again that meditation that honing of where's our attention and then also the co-creative power right so i love the power of creativity anything that's creative whether it's it's creating a meal or creating a life or creating art i think that this is a lot of of the um space that artists and mystics have always been tapping and that as you speak so beautifully to, you know, the toe theories, the theories of everything from psychology to spirituality to science. So like any direction that we've come to it now from, we're really able to have a common conversation of oneness and wholeness and unity and evolutionary love. Uh, so that just lights me up. And that's really what Everyday Magnificent, more than being a collection of practices, is really a... um a methodology for a lifestyle. And then once someone lights up to a oh, co-creative dynamic love affair with life, then their own unique ways of experiencing and expressing that can really take over, you know, uh, the practices I've put together are just some of what's really worked for me. Uh, but I love that it's really an invitation to rise in love with our lives.
0: Well, that's just it. I mean, it it is such a gift. This book is such a gift, and I can really speak to that because I have been doing this book mm-hmm. and and doing the different journaling exercises and the different meditative exercises, the flooding, just flooding yourself with gratitude, and you know, and and one of the things I love it. It's some of the things that I too, I'm I'm a big Joe Dispenza follower as well. I absolutely love his work. And just the creating your perfect life and knowing that as we start to visualize that and tap into our own inner resources aligned with source, that we start creating and manifesting these things in our lives.
1: Beautiful. Well said. Yes. And and to add to that, that it is a whole process. It is not pretending or just focusing on what is positive or on just the desire I want it's so that that's a real distinction that I, I feel is, is important to make to anyone who's listening. Like this is about embracing a whole life and that sometimes our biggest challenges and our biggest rugs are some of our greatest initiations to greatness and to become even more of what we know is possible. And I feel like there's a way in which humanity hasn't even really arrived to the earth as far as we could call it our full circuitry, you know, our full potential, our ability to have that heart-brain coherence, to have all of the intelligences of our energy centers not only intact, but circulating and communicating. Like when we're able to tap into that as a collective, I feel like we have only begun to see the the beauty and the transformation that's possible for on the global stage
0: that's exactly it, that it's not just what we experience. It becomes this interconnected experience mm-hmm. where we're literally, it's, it's being connected to the entire planet, mm-hmm. humans, the environment, animals. It's, it's the whole living being of our earth.
1: Absolutely. Yes. And this, this reminds me of um, what my dear friend, Phil Moore, says so beautifully that it's really about falling in love. And Dr. Joe would also speak to this that when we fall in love, when we are in love, there's oxytocin, there's, you know, the chemistry of bonding. And when we're deeply bonded to something, we naturally protect it, we preserve it, we are devoted to it. And so, what would it be like in mass collectively to really wake up to the love affair with life, to honor it, to nourish it, to be intimate with it? It is creating a whole new earth. It is happening. Yes.
0: Yes. I remember when I used to read, because I I said used to, because I think I read it four times and listened to the book (laughs) on CD probably three times was Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth. And at the very end of that book, I would always cry at the very last line when it says, you know, there basically there's a new earth coming and it's you which is really giving us the call to action, which is saying we are a part of creating this. And each one of us are those essential threads in creating this tapestry. Yes,
1: absolutely. And where better to start than in your own direct relationship with the God of your understanding in your own daily life? I'm a big uh, lover of the juicy, savoring delight of life should not just be on the meditation cushion or the yoga mat or in the retreat, you know, or um, in those compartmentalized places where we have our practice. And for me, the real meditation is life itself. The real love affair is life itself. and And that's a real paradigm shift for a lot of us. And yet when we start, we just then... From the inside out, we vibrate that out and transmit that to the world.
0: And so tell me, was that part of the inspiration for you? I'm really curious about your inspiration to create Everyday Magnificent. How did Mm. that come to you and what was your inspiration?
1: Sure. I'd love to share that. The practices, many of the practices, especially the foundations of journaling, and, uh, working with mandalas, which is simply filling color and image and symbols in a circle, right? Different from some of the sacred geometry mandalas that we may see in other traditions. So this is really about just a place to capture what is swimming in the field in a circle, which is a whole sacred symbol, unlike a square or a sheet of paper, which most of us are used to. So that in itself, that's magic. And I love that. So some of these practices have been with me for 25 plus years, obviously, many of the meditation practices. And um, then as I started to deepen in Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, the retreats were just so over the top powerful. And there was so much, you know, as we free energy up, we begin to perceive so much more. And so there was just so much moving. And I felt really inspired of how do I capture this information during the retreats in a way where I'm integrating it? And then how do I take it back into my daily life and live this? So it's not just this incredible experience that goes on to inspire me and then I meditate an hour a day, but how do I make this a daily moment by moment experience? And that was really the inspiration from where it was born.
0: So beautiful. I love that idea of, and it's not even an idea. I love that way of living, of plugging into, like you're saying, of living this uh, in our daily lives where everything becomes that meditation. And it, it reminds me of it's it's like this old parable where someone comes to the Buddhist master and says, you know, what is the secret? How do I become a Buddhist master? And he says, chop wood, carry water. And he, mm-hmm. and he doesn't get it at first. You know, he's like, well, that doesn't make sense to me. And again, he comes back and he's like, chop wood, carry water. And basically, it's be present to whatever it is that you are doing and the beauty and the gifts and the lessons lie in that.
1: So much. So that's so true. So beautiful. Yes. Yes. And and then how to continuously shift our attention. It really is a rewiring, right? And a deprogramming because so much I know for myself, even feeling really plugged into the source my whole life, I've had to really work with deprogramming programming from um, all the many lies of separation is one way to call it all the many belief systems about you know we're matter in a world of matter not true we are energy in a world of energy again it's a perspective so if i believe i'm matter in a world of matter that's what i will experience but to really tap into our unlimited nature we have to do some deprogramming and some rewiring to be able to perceive and experience reality in this unlimited way. But it's always there. And then we have this, you know, amazing heart-brain relationship. This like figure eight of of love. It too is is a um, a love affair. You know, like it's not. I don't want to leave my my mind behind. That analytical mind has a place. It has a role best as a devotee to the intelligence of the heart. And yet I still have to work daily to remember, you know, oh, look at how my analytical mind is just going into comparison, judgment, doubt, measurement, and bring attention back into the heart, bring attention back into that, that deep breath, that frequency of gratitude that just floods us with a higher vibration of being and perception. And and it takes practice. You know, um, so that's that's why we show up. That's the chopwood would carry water.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that, because I think that's such an essential message that people, you know, I, I hear that in my private practice and my office. People will say, well, when do I get it? Like, when do I arrive? And, you know, there's never the point of arrival. And you so beautifully talked about how, you know, we, we constantly it's like we're constantly showing up and we have to constantly show up, whether it's the deep breath or just waking up to the moment that it's important, and then it's it's part of our journey. it's this continued you know it's not about perfection, it's not about oh, now I'm a perfect person, so I never have my ego come in, or I never have the analytical mind start comparing or judging, but that that's part yeah. of our human experience, right, and so to tap back into that we can continue to choose and open up this deeper place that that we can actually nurture and grow, mm mm-hmm. Yes. Within us and without us.
1: Yeah, we can dwell there more, you know, so there are definitely those, those moments with, with practice over time, the chopping wood and carrying water becomes more simple and seamless and graceful and enjoyable and delightful. So that now some of the biggest things that used to challenge me, I go in with a smile and a deep breath. I'm like, yay, another initiation. Or sometimes the, you know, the potencies, like no life is going to be without suffering. But how do we meet that suffering? How do we meet illness, disease, death? How do we meet the experience as part of the adventure and the honor and privilege of being alive in a body at this time on the earth? It's, uh, it again, it for me, a lot of it points back to the heart, points back to devotion, to adventure, that childlike quality that is alive and well in each of us, that divine child that says, Hey, you know, I I signed up for this. I think a, a big piece that also happens for many of us as we are devoted to this ongoing path of evolution, awakening, like you said, no arrival, is that at a certain point, certain really big slabs of conditioning fall away. And when those patterns, belief systems, conditionings, agreements fall away, all of a sudden, I experience like the water flows more freely. I'll give you an example um, when I really got present and, and also I will credit Dr. Joe with supporting this awareness. He has definitely been a, a strong mentor in my life that, um, dropping the victim, victim story. Like I am not a victim of anything. I am a fully present, loving co-creator living in wholeness. And there is no one out there trying to do anything to me, whether it's a life dropping, I'm not a victim of the patriarchy, I'm not a victim of my own mental thinking processes. Like that's really been like the floodgates have opened since that one's fallen away. Because now I can catch it in an instant. You know, things like no more complaining. I don't complain. The moment I hear myself complaining, I I witness that and say, oh wow, like that's not life giving. So when we get into this flow of like what is generative, what is giving life to life, what is deepening the love and intimacy that's possible here, the real connection, then that becomes so much more exciting to fuel instead of some old program or old loop.
0: That's just the joy of this. Like I'm, I'm watching your face and I just get so caught up in, in just the joy that emanates from you as you speak of this, because it, it does. It's not that it never, you don't get caught for a moment, but you are able to transcend it and transform it and continue to plug into the flow and the joy of being fully more fully than ever alive.
1: Definitely. And again, you know, it is a way of life and it's a, a humble way of life because there are times, as you know, that, uh, that break our hearts open. And um, I'll say break our hearts open <laughs> because I do feel like even the, the most potent moments of grief that I've experienced and hardship have really had a deep seed of opening to the ability to love more, to contain more life to hold more space for others with compassion so that um, joy doesn't mean devoid of sadness, you know, that there's a joyfulness of being alive and really feeling through at that depth. I remember hearing recently that the human experience, if, if there are infinite experiences in our star systems to have, and I believe there are, that the human experience is, has a wide range of emotional potential. You know, that there's, uh, I like to think of the emotional intelligence can have an exaltation to it. It's not that our emotions have to be repressed or in some ways transcended. There's a lot of intelligence to being able to feel deeply and contain ourselves. Again, like I got this image of of a geyser, you know, of a, of like the toroidal field where the energies are connecting from earth up through our spine up to the heavens. And then that reverse, right? That induction field where we are designed to be an intimate, circulating, energetic, feeling relationship with life. And that is the full spectrum. Wow. Like what a gift. What a gift. That's joyful. That's something worth waking up for. Hey everybody this is adrian from feminist hot dog and i want you to join me and my awesome guests as we put the fun in feminism it's true on feminist hot dog we explore all the ways feminism makes the world a better place no matter who you are so come hang out on wednesdays at 8 p.m mountain on noco fm and don't forget love yourself and love
0: your buns see you on wednesday Hey friends, this is Charles with NOCO FM, the podcast network and streaming radio station dedicated to creating diverse shows just like this one and the numerous others that we help produce. We hope you'll consider becoming a supporter on Patreon, which helps us pay our hosts, produce more shows, and allows us to give back to nonprofits in northern Colorado. Not only do you become part of our community, but giving also gets you access to an incredible selection of exclusive content from all of our creators, starting at just $2 a month. To get started now, just visit noco.fm slash patron and sign up. Once again, that's noco.fm slash patron. Now, back to the show. Thank you so much for saying that, because the the point of the whole journey, it's rich in all of its emotional experiences that it's not just about being, quote unquote, happy. you mm-hmm. know, and and that true joy does arise from being with our deeper and what some people may consider our darker emotions. Mm-hmm. but that there is there's so much wisdom, and there's so much when we are allowed when we allow ourselves to just be. With those emotions and those experiences like you were talking about, there's so much wisdom and opening that that can come from that. And so I I guess I just I think it's so important that we talk about that. You mentioned Rumi earlier. And one of my favorite poems of his is The Guest House. And in that poem where he talks about welcoming whatever shows up at your door, whether it's a okay. depression or a meanness, Whatever violently comes to sweep your home of its furniture, he says, "Meet them at the door, laughing and welcome them in, because each has been sent as a guide from beyond
1: yes, 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 then that's that's it. Everything gets to drink of the love, everything gets to be here, everything is welcome in wholeness in that unified field, and uh, I love the the Sufi mystic heart. Is one of my greatest inspirations, right? There's there's this um, this delight in it all that really resonates with my soul.
0: You talk about in the book too. The, we're we're moving into this new paradigm, and Bruce Lipton and Steve Behrman in their book Spontaneous Evolution really talk about. They call it this fourth basal paradigm where we're moving towards this sense of interconnectedness more and wholeness and universalism like we're we're all one right Mm
1: -hmm. yes and and this is uh, i love this you know as each of us connects to why am i here on the planet at this time which is also part of what i i hope to plant the seed of an everyday magnificence to support each person to light up like well why me here now right because what are we here to contribute in this Amazing. I love how Joanna Macy calls this the great turning, you know, uh, Barbara Marks Hubbard, who actually just passed mm. and left the body. Amazing evolutionary. She called this time the, the uh, cosmic rebirth, you know, the vocational arousal time where we all wake up to why we're here and what's ours to do in the shifting paradigm for many of us. And uh, more so for me every day, we're already living in the new paradigm. I think it was in, I want to say, 1928, uh, the 1920s, where the quantum model of reality first started to come into our awareness. And all of a sudden, you know, for those of us that are willing, we get to see, wow, all of our systems of politics, of health, of education, of science, of perceiving reality, of health care, are all in this um, Newtonian paradigm based on separation, Based on matter in a world of matter, where really what we've been seeing for a long time, but it's now finally coming into the mainstream. Thank goodness for the work of Bruce Lipton, Dr. Joe Dispenza, Greg Braden, so many others, all of the indigenous and First Nations people who have always known this, right? That there's this awareness now of we are actually energy in a world of energy. We are an interbeing, we are one organism one being together that can be in coherence and that can move toward what some call the new earth the fifth dimensional earth uh you know whatever words you want to put around it don't even matter it has a it has a vibrational signature to it and we get to live into the adventure of that together
0: and the gift, again, of, of everyday magnificent is I think it opens up a lot of the doorways to practice and start doing some of the things that you've talked about. Start reconditioning our habitually conditioned mind, breaking some of those constraints of the, the things that we've placed upon ourselves and our old thought and belief patterns, and to open up to this flow that you're talking about.
1: Yes. It's all there. You know, the, the, um, the practices are just guideposts along the way and then they light us up to our unique ways. You know, some may love, like I love the practice of shaking and dancing and just like soul shakedown. It literally, I mean, it's even been identified now as one of the practices shaking, right? Vibrating is one of the practices to keep us healthy. So whether we think that means going to the gym or, taking a run or whatever it is, but even five to 10 minutes a day of just shaking loose, moving our energy. You know, that's one of my favorite practices. And, and there's something about, it doesn't take much. Once we get into that momentum, at first, it may be effortful. At first, it may require an hour a day of meditation. At first, it may require that we Use our discernment and choosing and discipline to get us out of our normalized habits. Kind of the trance of the culture is what I see and feel sometimes. But my goodness, once you get in a groove with it, it doesn't take much. It's a few deep breaths as you're waiting at a red light. It's a, a song on your lips that you can just sing out. It's a smile and a softening and pause and surrender in the belly. It's a dance song, you know, so that it really doesn't take much once we make a commitment to live in this way.
0: One of the things instantly when I went onto your website, and I saw that beautiful picture of you, and you're like, looks like you're dancing or twirling around with a scarf. It's just absolutely lovely. I love that it was talking about how you use all these different creative means to access source, basically. So whether it's yoga or movement, you're an artist, you're an author, what, what practices have you found that most speak to your soul? I mean, I, I really am hearing this sense of movement that is essential. What else is something that you could recommend to people that are just, some people just hear this for the first time and they're like, oh, I could deepen my practice or I could do something differently to tap into this. What are some of your favorite ways of doing that?
1: Well, I am a mutt. I'm a mutt on all levels. I love every way of communing with the divine. I love every way of expressing creativity. So what I would say to someone who's listening and thinking, well, what is it for me? I would say first, everyone is an artist. Everyone is a poet. Everyone is a mystic. Everyone is a dancer. Everyone is a singer. So I don't want to hear any of I don't have rhythm or I don't do that because that's just a belief. And these practices are, you know, cross culturally for hundreds of thousands of years, every tradition has had a way of dancing, singing, storytelling, creating poetry and uh, coming together to create art. So I would say whatever lights you up. That if you have known, wow, when I just grab my art supplies and start to explore, something lights up in me. Or when I cook, or when I garden, or for some people, it's, you know, it can be, um, it can be parenting. It can be whatever it is that brings them to life in a creative way. So that really is about tapping into creation and the power of the creative force creator through our own being and expression. For me, my whole life, it's been about being embodied, being fully embodied, being engaged in creativity in a myriad of ways, as we've just talked about, and then also being deeply connected to the earth. So I have a love affair with the sky, the night sky, the sun, the, the clouds, the winds, the trees, you know, being in the presence of like right now in Austin, where I live, it is so full on gorgeous, it's over the top, right? That the light shimmering and the leaves are dancing and the wind and the wildflowers, like this is this is a love affair. And that is creation showing us like the most epic living art there is. So I would say again to just sum it up that we are all artists and that this garden planet is a great masterpiece and we get to be in creative, dynamic, organic relationship with it. And whatever lights each one of us up is the doorway to just practice it, play with it, experiment.
0: Thank you for being, too, just a a wonderful, not only example of this, but a teacher of this, you know, that you share this with so many people. And I know you and your husband have a business, The Source Consulting Group. Yes, we do. Tell me about tell me about just the work that you guys do in the world.
1: Sure. Yes, uh, we do. Source consulting. And again, that sense of like the source, you know, that's really what we're serving is source energy. That is our fuel, source energy. So um, we have a really wide range of work that we do, whereas my husband really is a master for getting in front of large groups of people, all kinds, from corporate to educators to faculties to community and nonprofit groups. And he really has a way of granularly getting into the relational health and wellness of creating a greater sense of connection, community, up-leveling the leadership, really supporting people to make leaps in that way. So he really has a knack for doing that with the large groups. And often we work together Everything from corporate groups to something like at Hollyhock. We'll be with Phil at Hollyhock in British Columbia in July doing an amazing retreat called The Future of Children that's about shifting the paradigm of education for humanity, about rewirement to how to walk in the world in a new way that's really love-based, right? Like this is a, a rewiring, not just for the future of children, but for the future of all of us. So that's another eclectic way. We do a lot of retreat work together. And then I also do a lot of work with women and love working with women. And they are, you know, the women are the song carriers. They're the ones that are midwiving this new paradigm in a very specific way. So I really also love to work with the women in in very eclectic environments that are always integrating song, dance, creativity, sisterhood weaving, and visioning and lifting up the prayer field of what we're creating for humanity.
0: What's ahead for you now with someone like you that is living so much of this, then when you have your visions, like, what do you create? Like, what do you decide is next? Yes,
1: it's a co-creation. So there's as much vision that floods in that feels uh, it's like, the, like the acorn that's becoming the mighty tree of what I came to the planet to do. And then there's also a lot of listening to the subtle and the invisible realms of, you know, this constant prayer of guide me, lead me, take me, show me, use me. And so this simple intention and prayer becomes a moment-by-moment experience. So that one of the things I love is letting go of my uh, visions and outcomes in just this moment. Wow, right now, talking with Stephanie, heart to heart, lighting up what most wants to come through our conversation right now and having no agenda about that is an exciting way and beautiful way to live and be lived by this greater force. Um, with that, some of the visions that are have been coming to me, you know, for, for decades, I've had a vision of creating a beautiful retreat, learning community center, residential eco village that is all regenerative design that is a model for how villages can become as we move forward into these times. So I've been being dreamed by this, like, oh, the Learning Retreat Center. Where is it? When is it? And um, and just listening and following instructions for where and how that will unfold. And realizing about maybe three or four years ago when I had yet another Uh, sort of false start to here it is here's the land here's the people here the resources and being shown you know what until that shows up in the right way this body is the retreat center the regenerative learning center the eco village right this body this family this home this community and so really starting where i am and growing it from there we have lots of beautiful retreats up and coming one of the pieces of um My sole work that I'm really involved in right now is the Song Carriers work that was founded by Madi Sato, and she's over at Praising Earth, is her organization. And she uh, is collecting songs from all over the world, from the grandmothers, that are the songs for reweaving, for um, regenerating the waters, for the new songs and also the ancient songs, that as we sing them as women, We are, as I said, we are midwifing this transformation. And so becoming a song carrier and passing that on is right here and now and future flowing. I just would love to see as many women singing as possible.
0: That's absolutely beautiful. You know, I think sometimes, as you said earlier, we forget or people have been told, oh, you can't sing or music is not a part of their lives for whatever reason. And because of whatever belief that they have taken on. And so to offer this gift again, to help open this up and connect, it sounds like generations of women Mm
1: -hmm. together
0: in song and in voice. That is so powerful.
1: Totally. And I would add to that, really, my dream includes community and uh, children singing and the dads, the fathers, the grandfathers, this, this, and, you know, there are places on our planet where that is intact where everybody sings and everybody dances. Um, And my, my prayer is to bring that to the mainstream. And, you know, what does any bird think it shouldn't be singing? You know, (laughs) they vibrate their whole little bodies with their song. Like we need, if ever, we need all of our voices. We need all of our songs. We need everyone lit up and, um, and singing because it's so powerful and vulnerable. To share our voices really lights us up and is part of the natural self healing you know vibrational healing, sound healing, so that allowing our channel to vibrate sound not for the purpose of sounding prettier, being beyonce, even though she's great, you know, but the sense of taking the power of singing and dancing and sharing our stories off of the Hollywood stage and really. Owning it in ourselves as our medicine—that's um, that's where I'm coming from.
0: And the beautiful piece of it, not just being one voice, but when we are collectively singing together, it becomes this amazing chorus. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's this beautiful just melody where I love it. Of all the voices, all voices have a place.
1: Absolutely, in this choir and yes. in this song. Yes, it's a concert. It's a symphony. You know, I love that um, experience sometimes after rains and spring or summer especially and to just close my eyes and listen to all of the, the symphony of the frogs and the cicadas and the nightingales and the whoosh of the wind and leaves and it's, it's everything singing and it's one giant love song and we need our voices. We need everyone's voice to join in.
0: That's what brings me to, I'm reminded of, it's the definition of universe. One verse, one song. Mm -hmm. When we all come together, then we are interconnected in this universe.
1: Yes. What a miracle, right? I love that.
0: So, you know, Mm -hmm. one of the things too that comes to mind as as you were sharing about staying with where you're at in the day and kind of surrendering to the moment, I think there's a really... Important piece that that I want to make sure that I touch on, and it is that power of surrender. Can you speak about that a little bit? Sure, nothing like it. It's always the fast track to uh
1: to flow, yeah, there's something about releasing any kind of mental or physical grip, you know the way that one might wrap around expectation or Agenda or even tight in our bodies. You know, some of us hold our jaws tight or hold our groin tight or a pit in our bellies that's tight. To just soften and to release that is a form of surrender. And that's such a visceral, bodily felt experience of what surrender is. You know, and then there's the surrender of, you know, thy will, that sense of there is something, call it what you will, there is a force that is bigger than my mind than my little me mind than the egoic mind which also is a, is a beautiful thing and has its right place but and when i get out of the way i can be carried by this current of grace i can be you know welcomed into this ocean of energy this ocean of love and every single time when that surrender moment hits it always is more amazing than anything i could dream up on my own so uh, I'll speak to that and wonder what you would
0: add. I mean, that it gives me the chills when you're saying that. And um, because that that is my experience as well, that w- exactly when you were just saying, when I get out of my own way, then I can become the conduit for that mm-hmm. flow to happen. And that is whether I'm in therapy and I, I don't want to be sitting there thinking of, oh, what would be the right technique or what? You know, you, you just don't sit there and think, oh, what theory should I use with this client? No, you get out of the way and you let it flow through you. You let source flow through you. And I think that my biggest changes or transformations in my life have come at those moments we were speaking of earlier when it felt like everything was falling apart, my heart was broken, and I felt completely sometimes, you know, that that point of like, I am on my knees. I am to the end of my being. And it was really interesting sometimes in those moments, I would get the awareness of, oh my gosh. I am pushing my will. I am pushing my will and trying to, like you said, the little me is trying to be in control. And as soon as I surrender and say, just as you just said, thy will be done, not mine, there's something much bigger than me. And when I allow that to live through me, that's when miracles show up in my life. Mm,
1: Yes. Yes. So beautifully said. It's true it's true and then everyone gets to take that into their own lives and and try it on and say is this true for me? You no know, and I think that's the most potent place of true transformation when it's coming from the direct experience. What you just shared no that it's nothing you could read in a book and have it change your life. Nothing that someone outside of you could say I had this experience and so it's true for you too, but your direct experience it It recalibrated you, you know, and and this is a time to directly experience that force of the divine living us to directly to that direct line to source energy that gives us exactly what we need. I have a dear sister teacher, Vanessa Stone, who talks about that our lives are given to us by prescription. And you've heard before, they're not happening to us, they're happening for us. And what I find that as we continue to show up to these initiations and be sometimes broken open, sometimes having personality and identity just blasted away, that then we are also given this incredible blessing and gift of, and this is for you, and this is for you to then go out and give forth and contribute to your planetary family, to the whole human awakening. So that piece around contribution, that inner, like, I don't believe in just waking up for the sake of being an awake being. I'm much more of the kind of the tradition of the Bodhisattva, you know, where we are here to, we're interbeing, we're Ubuntu, I am because we are, we're here to to serve and grow and evolve and contribute to this one song, this one verse together
0: bringing it back to what you said in the very beginning, what your whole life has been about to bring it back to love.
1: So simple, right?
0: It's so simple and so profound and yet so hard sometimes for people to just tap into and for ourselves to tap into and Mm -hmm. realize that that is, that is it. That is our essence. That is us. And I truly believe that that is the purpose of us being here to love one another. And so this experience, I love what you're saying, going within ourselves and doing this work and showing up every day making every day magnificent it truly is about being able then to share that with one another and be interconnected in the universe of love
1: so beautiful stephanie yes yes you know i'll i'll just add to that as you share that that the love that is universal the love that is unconditional and that is whole the unified Oneness, love, supreme love that we're talking about is not the romantic love. It's not a love of the lower centers of the give and receive from this, which are all of our energy centers are amazing, right? So there's the love of the matter and physical of the earth and belonging and tribe. And there's the love of relationships and intimacy and sexuality. And there's the love of identity, I am inner sun, And then there's the heart. There's the love of the us, where all of a sudden the I frequency shifts, and then particle matter becomes frequency of just waves. And then in the heart, we're in the frequency of the us and the we. And all of a sudden, there's only one of us here. That's the kind of love that we're talking about, right? And then that love rises to the energy center of the throat, and then the seat of the soul expresses its gifts through sound and then that rises into the, you know, pineal and in this area where then we can tap the Akashic, we can tap the infinite wisdom field of the universe and then it taps into that beautiful, you know, lotus at our crown where then we are experiencing unified being and maybe even tapping that zero point field, you know, the space where we can really feel into this is this this body that we have, this miracle, this like living flowing magic wand, you know, is so well equipped if we are able to circulate and awaken and bless and allow the energy to move through us.
0: What a fantastic interview with Gabriella. What a light she is, what a joy she is to talk to. Her presence is so palpable, just this joyful spirit shining through. I love that one of the tools that she teaches us is that we can experience true presence through music, song, dancing, even journaling, and having a mindfulness practice. And it's from that place that we find this well and this source of health and well-being. I also loved the part where she shared about sur- the importance of surrendering to what is. And as we come to that place of surrender, it's like we're not pushing against life anymore. We're not saying that I'm going to have things this way and things have to go that way. It seems like when we cling to our desired outcomes, oftentimes that's what causes the angst in our lives. And when we're just able to surrender to the process and surrender to what is and just trust life it seems amazing the way that life will just flow through us and life happens for us oftentimes we can get too busy and wrapped up in our lives that we forget that our true essence really is love And when we get in touch with that essence, it really does. It makes all of life so much easier and we are able to relieve our stress. We're able to connect better with other people. We nurture that sense of empathy and compassion that's innate, that is innate within each one of us. And we really do live more fulfilling lives. There really is a way to make our everyday more magnificent. And it's when we... Tap in and tune in to that inner self. We keep hearing about that with through so many guests that I have, the importance of this. And Gabriella just highlighted it so beautifully that you can find that spark within. Remember, The Spark is your show too. If you have questions, feedback on the show, or if you're going through something and need a little help, we'd love to hear from you. Continue the conversation with us at our website, thesparkpod.com, and on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. New episodes of The Spark air Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Mountain. To make sure you don't miss an episode, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts. The show is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional and should not be considered medical advice. If you're having a mental or physical health crisis, please seek treatment immediately. The Spark is produced by NOCO Media Limited, which is solely responsible for its content. Thanks again for listening. This has been The Spark, igniting your best life. I'm Stephanie James.